This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at the BatmanUniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman IV. Hi, I'm Dan Jordan. Hey, I'm Duff Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, Season 13, Episode 22. I'm your host, Ian, and with me I have... This is Steph. And this is Theo. We don't have any news from Solicitations, which dropped last Friday. Um, All of the Batman titles are pretty much either continuing or wrapping up, and no new ones appear to be starting. I would expect to hear bigger news either in January or... Uh, February, when they start announcing what happens in April after Mariko Tamaki's weekly Shadows of the Bat and Detective Comics wraps up and Josh Williamson's Batman Incorporated story wraps up as well. However, let us get to our reviews, starting with Batman number 117, the end of Fear State. I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. Written by... James Tynan IV, for the last time, and illustrated by Jorge Jimenez, colored by Tomu More. As Simon Saint completely loses his cool as all of his plans go up in smoke, the final straw for the evil billionaire comes when Babs, Cass, Steph, Dick, and Tim show up, disguised as peacekeepers, to take over his evil flying saucer and send it crashing into the bay. Meanwhile, Batman and Peacekeeper battle it out as Miracle Molly attempts to shut down Scarecrow's trauma machine. Harley unites the two Poison Ivies, giving her a massive power boost and convincing her to use her pheromones to decrease the fear in Gotham and heal the Unsanity Collective's child, the Peacekeeper's injured, and make out with Harley. Batman beats Peacekeeper 01 down, but Miracle Molly has decided to wipe the whole city of Gotham clean, Just like her, no memories of her past, so the trauma won't affect them. But Batman gives her the uplink to his cowl, so she can see the city coming together, the Bat family helping, and the Bat symbol in the sky bringing hope again. So, questions. What was your favorite part of this finale issue for Fear State? Oh, man. Um... There was a I lot. I really liked it. Yeah, I would definitely say there's nothing I hated. In fact, there's nothing I even was kind of meant about. I was very confused about the Bat family getting on board the, 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 whatever, Eye in the Sky. That's because it happened in Nightwing. Because it happened in Nightwing. So I did have to break from Batman and go back and read that, which I do recommend. I recommend reading Nightwing before this. Um, uh, you know... <laughs> I love human Batman. So I loved the end when he takes his cowl off and he hugs Miracle Molly. And that's kind of how it ends. And I think 
in Batman's perfect world, that is how all villain standoffs should end, is like with a hug <laughs> and repentance and seeing things for what they could be in a hopeful world instead of what you think they should be through force and coercion. So I don't know. I lo- I did love the ending with Batman and Molly. I, other than seeing the nice pretty kiss between Ivy and Ivy, <laughs> Ivy and Harley, uh, I enjoyed the beatdown. Just seeing Bruce beat the heaven, the, 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 the living snot out of Sean, you know, and just proven once again, you know, don't doubt me, you know, because I'm Batman. That was just, that that was my favorite part. Yes, I'm kind of violent. I did like that too, because it kind of tied the um, secret files together where, yes, Sean Mahoney has this new motivation, but he's still wrong. And who he thinks he is, whatever he thinks he is, he's not a hero. Exactly. And so I did, yeah, I really liked the conversation they had while while they were fighting. And and I'll I'll also say I I really appreciate the relationship between Bruce and Molly. You know, I truly hope that this isn't the end of it. Although it seems like it will be at least until Williamson finishes up his Batman Inc. story. But uh, I would truly like to see more of her in the future. Maybe maybe we'll see some of her in Shadow. Oh, that'd be cool. I could see it. I mean, Tamaki seems to like playing with a lot of different characters. Uh, so I could see her popping up. I, I mean, you've named a lot of my favorite things. I, I mean, I'll get this out of the way. I still don't ship Harley and Ivy because I still don't think that they've justified Har- um, Ivy's redemption. They're basically justifying anything bad she did by it was the Queen Ivy without the full personality. I'm like that Ivy has always had a really dark part of her and they're not addressing that. And so I don't see how she's better than the Joker because she's still someone who is willing to commit mass slaughter. Um, But she didn't. Not this time. (laughs) All right. So my my frustration with the. Ivy did nothing wrong, school of thought aside. I really loved Batman proving himself and saying, uh, you know, Sean's like, I'm the new, you're the old. And Batman's like, well, I still work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he just beats him down. And that was really good. And of course, uh, Jorge Jimenez drew it perfectly. But I I would have to give my final, my moment that I thought was my favorite to uh, the image of the Bat family looking up at the sky and seeing the Bat symbol. That I got really emotional when I saw that because I didn't realize how much I'd missed the bat symbol being a symbol of hope. I mean, I think that James Tynan's done a great job of writing Bruce, um, and he is a great character, and it's been good seeing him struggling, but seeing him victorious and seeing his family victorious alongside him is really good, and it, it felt really good. But let me ask this question. So, so Bruce reveals himself to Molly at the end. I remember he this was his first time revealing himself as Bruce. She only knew that matches with Batman. Am I right? right. So, th- yep. so th- this was his first reveal to her. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure I didn't I didn't miss anything. 
because I'm I'm getting old. Aren't we all? all it right. did feel it did feel better than even the last time the family was together for Joker War, and it yes, definitely I felt agree. better than the the later stuff that that uh, Tom King did. Because even though he had the family come together, there was never a buildup to it, and this really felt earned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I I liked both. I like seeing the family in both Tom King and Joker War. Oh yeah. But this, I don't know. I just got really emotional. It was really cool. Still mad Catwoman didn't make an appearance. That is weird. <laughs> I don't. Because she I was don't... right there. Like if you read Harley, she's like right behind the curtain, and then she just turns around and goes back to. <laughs> <laughs> the Diagon Alley or wherever she lives. Uh, Alley Town. Alley Town. <laughs> okay. That, that place. So, does this ending feel like you need to go on to read Fear State Omega? Or do you think that you could just read this issue and feel like you got the full story? So, I feel like there wasn't any fallout with Mayor Nakano. But that's really kind of taken care of in tech. And even though tech happens before this, I think that was enough for me. I don't feel like I need another book. I I am content with where both books kind of left everyone's relationships. I would agree. Cause I don't I don't know what else that they can possibly cover that JT and Tamaki hasn't done you know like steph said you kind of get you kind of get closure from all ends in not just not just tech and batman but also in the other books that were given mm-hmm. tie-ins you know the all of their stories pretty much came to an end so i i don't know what else could possibly be covered unless unless that story is leading somewhere into either Williamson's run, which I don't see, or into Shadows, which again I I don't see considering the annual next week is supposed to kind of be the prelude to that. Yeah. I mean I could see them figuring out, you know, where does everyone fall out and sort of just giving us little scenes of like where all the bat family is moving to in the next phase of Gotham. But this, this really does feel like the end of the story. Like, I don't feel like I need more to me. And I liked fear state alpha. I don't think I, I would say it's necessary to the story. It's, it's fun. It provides more detail, but I, I really think that James Tynan did a good job of, making Batman 112 to 117 a complete story that you can just read those six issues and get a story. And then if you want to, you can buy the Alpha and Omega. You can buy Nightwing. You can buy Detective. You can buy Catwoman. And that fills in more detail and it provides really interesting and good stories. But um, I think Tynan kind of really has mastered the art of writing a crossover with room for his collaborators, but not putting the burden on the consumer's wallet. So I kind of appreciate that, even while I also like it when they make it basically one big continuous story with all the crossover. And, and that's kind of what we discussed last episode when we when we talked about whether or not it was necessary to really read the other tie-ins to get the Well, that's gist. actually, 
that's actually my next question. Do you mm-hmm. think that we need to read Catwoman and Nightwing? Because that is, like Steph mentioned, that the whole assault on the flying saucer, we don't see any of that in Batman. We just see the results. Do you think that reading Nightwing, where you see Babs and Dick and Cass and Steph and Tim get together and actually assault, do you think that's a necessary part of the story? Or is it more an additional fun story that you can read but don't have to? I'd say it is a little confusing and jarring to see the Bat family and not quite understand what they're doing. So I would recommend Nightwing. Catwoman did end up being, I don't know, I don't want to say more about her, but there was a lot more in that issue about the closure of her story and her deal with Nigma than anything Fear State related, really. Oh, even anything uh, And what about bad. Harley? I forgot. I, I was going to say... I would say Harley. I, I would, might read Harley over, over Catwoman. And definitely for Fear State. Like, I would say that I think Catwoman's a better yes, story. Yes, for Fear State. But yes. for Fear State, Harley deals with Harley's own character development with Ivy going mm-hmm. to what we see in this issue. Right. Yeah. All that stuff, that stuff said. <laughs> So I would personally say that I think Nightwing is most essential, although I think you can just read 86. You don't have to read 85, uh, 84 and 85, because 86 is the salt on the saucer, and that's really all you need yes. to get into Batman 117. But you read 85 um, to get the kiss. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, but I really, really don't like the art in 85. No one does, uh, but still. Okay. It is fair. The kiss was very nice. I do I do agree about that. I would say Harley is next most important just because you do some get some really good character development with Harley leading into this. And um, Doug, or whatever his name is. Oh, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, but Kevin's not important for fear sake. Kevin's important no, for the not. ongoing Harley. He it's a really good story. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that you shouldn't read it for Kevin. I'm just saying I'm talking about from a fear state event gotcha. perspective. Uh, and then Catwoman is fun, but it's kind of duplicated in terms of what it does for Fear State by Harley. Yeah. And Harley definitely delves more in the delivering Ivy to the end goal, whereas Catwoman is really kind of wrapping up all of her stuff. Right, right. Good story, though. How does this event, Fear State, compare to Joker War? So I I really love the fact that we have been together as a cast for both Joker War and Fear State, because that means we can get together and say, here's what we felt about these two events side by side. Well, I'll be honest. I'm old, and I've slept since, you know, we read Joker War. Um, <laughs> I don't. I just remember really being frustrated with a lot of the tie-ins. And for me, even if the tie-ins had been great, I For, for still- which, though? For for sorry, sorry, for Joker War, okay. it still was not the payoff. I don't know, wasn't that good. I mean, it was a fine story, but I just think I really enjoyed this one more because I think there was more humans in this one. Like the other one was Joker versus everybody, ha 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 ha. Whereas this was, you know, you had Nakano, you had Mahoney, you had. Um, Simon I mean, Saint. You had Scarecrow Molly. is a more human villain than Joker. So. For, all these people were. They all had their own motivations. Oh, you had Scarecrow, yeah. So so all of them had their own motivations, and it was a lot more what is right 
driven, whereas Joker was just like money and the power, money and the power, money over power. Uh, that's yeah, that was my. Is rapping. this a rap? I don't. This is my rapping know. impression. I forgot the words to Gangster's Paradise. Oh, I only know <laughs> Amish bad. Paradise. Oh, this is bad. But anyway, uh, in conclusion, I I I enjoyed this from start to finish much much more than Joker World. Definitely agree. Fifth State was a much more cohesive story from start to finish, including the tie-ins. So now. I know, you know, and as we kind of mentioned last episode, there was this whole discussion on whether or not you could read the tie-ins or if you needed the tie-ins because there was no mention of Scarecrow and and you you saw, you know, Simon Saint more than anything. But I still feel that, you know, as I mentioned a few times in a few of my reviews, is that the whole concept of fear and how fear played a part in each person uh, that was the main focus of the story kind of kind of kept them together and it made it a cohesive story when looking at, you know, fear from the aspect of each character. And again, you know, whether it was the detective dealing with Nakano and his fear or, or Catwoman and all the things that she dealt with, with Lewis and Maggie and Hadley dying, which I'm still in favor of. Uh, I think Theo put out the hit on Hadley. <laughs> I think he's right, right. Yeah, I sent I sent word to Ben Abernathy. Uh, um, <laughs> but the the multiple plots, while focusing on different characters, still encompass that whole idea of fear and. I think that just made it a much better story, tie-ins included. I'd agree, largely because I think that there was a sense that Heinen was maybe kind of playing the hits or going through the motions on Joker War, and this felt much more personal. I mean, you had the tie-ins with Peacekeeper and Miracle Molly, that really were very personal. Like they, they really went deep psychologically and then Batman's journey. I mean, honestly, Batman's journey is kind of exactly the same in both jerk of war and fear state. He starts off kind of drugged and out of his mind and he has to get his mind back. And then he comes together as Batman and punches out the villain and wins. But here it feels more earned and the emotional payoff for me is much better. And I just come out of this feeling happier, even though I'm sad that Tynan's leaving. I feel like he's done a really good job in these last two years of Batman. Mm-hmm. Whereas if he left after Joker War, which is the original plan, I would have been like, eh. I mean, the art was amazing, but eh. This one, I'm like, yes, I like this. I'm glad I was along for this ride. What do you think about the emotional climax of Batman having to convince Miracle Molly not to complete the villain's plan. Uh, Because that reminded me a lot of what I predicted for Joker War when I said that Batman would have to convince Clown Hunter not to kill Joker or Harley. I liked it because, you know, and this is kind of, um, I don't know, foreshadowed, whether intentional or unintentional, in that um, urban legend story with... Red Hood, where Bruce is drugged with the the happy pills that basically make him forget his trauma. 
And so he's kind of, if that's in continuity, it's hard to tell. <laughs> you know, he's he's already experienced kind of what Molly has experienced. And he knows that that's, it doesn't fix things. It fixes a lot of things. But it also changes who you are. And I think he's right. You have to, one thing we've been saying a lot is we've earned these moments. We've earned these beats. And if your trauma is just erased, I don't know. I feel like the happiness doesn't mean as much when at the end of the trip. It's like Which a is cheat the, code. It's like a cheat code. And some people, oh gosh, guys, some people deserve, deserve to have their memories erased. It's just, I know people who've just gone through so much trauma. It's like, I, I'm surprised they can get out of bed with a smile on their face. But they've earned it. And I feel like that's what Bruce is telling Molly. It's like don't don't force people to take the easy way out. Don't don't force that on people. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I, I was I, I was basically you know saying don't fight the natural order. You know, yeah. it, it's it's it is what it is. It, it's a part of you know all these memories. A part of who makes you who you are. You know, so why would you want to forget those things? Uh, so I was happy with that interaction at the end between those two as she, again, not 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 being in a role of a villain, but, you know, really wondering whether or not can I really do good by doing this? And I really feel like I do good by this. And, you know, Bruce having to convince her that no you don't you know and and using the uplink to convince her that you know there's there's a different way there's a better way other than completely losing a part of of who you are and losing a part of yourself yeah i uh i really liked it and i really like the fact that it was batman batman who struggled and we know that in various versions, you know, in Tom King's, he thought about killing himself in I Am Suicide. And in Scott Snyder's Zero Year, he considered using electroshock to completely erase his memories. So we know he's struggled with this himself. And to see him advocate on behalf of all of Gotham, he is Gotham's savior. And I thought that was so good that even though he won against Peacekeeper because he's trained his whole life to defeat evil. He wins with Miracle Molly because of his heart, and I thought that was awesome. All right, so that wraps up my questions for the main story. Let's move on to our backup, which is the third part of the Batgirl setup, written by Michael Conrad and Becky Cloonan, illustrated by Jorge Corona. At the Holmes, a motel in Gotham, Stefan Cass watched the news as they hide out after the end of Fear State, seeing the city in their window, but not going outside. Seer attacks them through their TV, so they throw it out the window, then greet Babs with paranoia after several days of being alone together, which she quickly assuages by bringing them to their new warehouse loft in the Hill District, as Seer and a mysterious graffiti artist watch. So... Uh, just one question for a backup. What do you expect from the Batgirls ongoing from this series of backup issues? Seer? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Batgirls live together, united, and I missed the the graffiti artist, so I'm guessing what's her butt from Nightwing. Defacer? Defacer. So Defacer's actually in another dimension in the King Shark uh, miniseries right now. This is her evil twin. It might be her evil twin, but it's not Defacer, because she's off having sex with the god of men. Well, I don't know when's the last time we read Teen Titans, but, you know, Dick is rooming with Starfire there, so, (laughs) you know, whatever. Who cares about continuity? I do. Well, DC doesn't, and they're the ones writing books, so. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. It's, I, I will wait and see. I know Theo is not excited or happy. <laughs> I haven't hated it. I was kind of disappointed in the depth of this one. Like, if this, okay, if this issue, back up, whatever, is an indicator of what's to come. They literally just sit in this room for three days and just complain. And I've read comics that take place and plays and watched movies that take place in one room with two people that is an opportunity for for depth and character explana- or exploration and and all these kinds of stuff. But literally, it was just it was just it, I felt like scanning through it now. It's not that long, but it felt like a really, really long read of just two girls sitting in a room being bored. And I didn't feel that made for compelling reading, necessarily. Like, the end was like, oh, now things are exciting. But I had to get through a lot of slog to get to the end. And if that's the quality of work we're going to get, I'm not jumping up and down. Also, they're slobs. These girls need a trash can. So, Theo, are you going to... The silence is me collecting myself because... (laughs) This is a family-friendly show. I have a bleep. Uh, I have control of the bleeps. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I am not expecting much good from this. And and Steph kind of touched upon why. I mean, you really got a bunch of nothing in these 10 pages or so, and you add the fact that the art, in my opinion, is pretty terrible. And I am right now just feeling quite disheartened about where the story could possibly be going. I mean, it literally did nothing to truly set up the ongoing and the depictions of cast and stuff it's just it's wrong it's just it, they're so out of character these are not the characters that we've been reading over the years and i am i am i will read the first issue I will probably get all of the issues, but I am going to do it with with a heavy heart, simply because this story for the last three issues just just have it's done nothing to make me 
truly interested in where the story's going to go. And for all of my fellow Batgirl fans out there, I can only say just hold on. This is going to be this is going to be a rough one. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> I think that Go the, the criticism Damn that you. you don't really Damn you. <laughs> I think the criticism that they don't do a whole lot psychologically or dramatically with the setup is fair. Um, it's basically a series of uh, like one or two page gags of the characters interacting in the same setting. Um, would I have liked this to be more dramatic, more essential? Yes. However, this is also attempting to sort of give a flavor uh, rather than be an essential story that people have to read. Because I think they're trying really to make Batgirls number one stand alone so you can get into it without reading these backups. But they also want people who read these backups to want to read them. So they're, they're trying to walk a delicate line, and I understand that. It's it's a little bit of a compromise that doesn't leave anyone perfectly happy, and I acknowledge that. But I like, I mean, as I've said, I've been a fan of Jorge Corona since he did We Are Robin, so I like the art here, um, and I I like the voices for the characters. Is that your is that your Steph and Cass? Is it? Is, I mean, all, I all accept all, Tynan, Steph, and Cass, all, so all the, I can accept this too. But I would, but Tynan's depiction of those characters are far closer than their actual history than what we're getting here. These are a bunch of blabbering teenage. What's the word I want to look? Brats. Girls. <laughs> Brats. Brats. You know that. That lives in a in, in a in a crummy hotel and just trashes their room. That there is n- that is not the characters that we have known. And again, I, it's just no. I I have no interest in that. And again, if they want to make them younger, then put them in a different line of comics. You know, put them with DC superhero girls or what have you. But to have it. Again, because this is supposed to be in the same continuity of Fear State and everything we've gotten out of out of JT's story, but now you want to separate and just—I mean, these aren't even the same characters from the last story arc in Fear State. They're not. It's just it doesn't make sense. And yeah, uh, you and I disagree on a lot. I completely disagree with you on this one, and I just do not see us finding any common ground on it. So you're my boy, but not on this one. That's totally fair. I've been going back and forth with people uh, for the last month based on these backups, and there is a lot of pushback. I will say that I am inclined to want to like this because I like Becky Cloonan, and I've liked what Michael Conrad and Becky Cloonan have been doing on Wonder Woman. As I said, I do really like the art, and I've liked Jorge Corona for you know five or six years. So that's not that is just the way I, I approach the art. I do like it. I am attempting to be really hopeful about this series because I have really hated everything that we've gotten so far, and this doesn't provoke hate. It doesn't provoke instant love, and my biggest fear for this series is that it's going to be like Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, which was not a bad series, but it was ex- 
supremely forgettable because the conflicts were always really small and they were really easily resolved. And so both Cassandra and Stephanie's Batgirl runs had serious threats that mattered. And I really hope that Conrad and Clunan can build that kind of threat. I'm not convinced that a backup is the place for that, but you could do something a little more substantial than this. So as, as I said, I think that the criticisms you and Steph are making and the criticisms of the people I'm talking to online are valid criticisms. They just don't make me angry the way that Future State and Castellucci and um, Bennett's stories made me really, really angry. This just just like, oh, that's fun and fluffy. It is fun and fluffy. I would like more. But it doesn't make me furious like last ones. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Hopefully it'll explain why maybe I'm not being super harsh on it after I tore the Bennett story into a thousand pieces when that one came out. All right. So let's give Batman number 117 a rating out of five Batman cowl charger cords. Oh my gosh. Um, I think I will give it a four and a half. Cause on the Batman side of the story, anything I had a problem with, Really was kind of covered in other books, like as far as like plot holes. Um, really was covered in other books, so that's not an issue with Batman. I, 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 I mean, I complained about the Batgirl story, but I didn't hate it and I didn't think it was awful. I just think it could have been better. But usually, I don't really take the backup into consideration for the rating, which is gonna help with tech. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say four and a half. Well, I do take backups into consideration, and because of that, this is, yeah, this could have been a four and a half, but no, this is, uh, I don't even want to give it a three and a half. I'm, I'm going to give it a three, two, five. That's, <gasps> wow, I'm, full I'm, point and a I, quarter deduction. I am just, I I, yeah, I, that, that backup, it's just, it's awful. It's awful. The story is awful. It, I mean, the last three issues was a bunch of nothing. We've got nothing, no type of setup, no nothing. And the art is terrible as well. So, yeah, it, it, it brings the issue down for me. And, and this being the last part was probably the worst. And therefore, Batman suffers. Cause the, the, the main story was wonderful, but i yeah it, it was it was terrible it was awful and i for that yeah three two five at me if you don't want cash me outside um i'm giving it a three five uh 4.5 as well um this is better than i'd hoped based on joker war and i liked the batgirls so it doesn't bring it down for me over on the website, Scott was even more harsh than Theo and gave it a three, which <gasps> brings our total score to a 3.88. Uh, sorry, 3.81. And our mode is three. Uh, you, you know what? You know what? No, I'm about to be real contrarian now. So just, to, just to throw you off with your mode, I want to change mine to a three as well. That way there's two. <gasps> oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
If Scott can give a three, so can I. Scott, we're here. I'm doing the whole. We hear you. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the well, whole. My calculator I, still says the mode's four point five. So I'm your going calculator. With that. Your calculator's dumb. My calculator is <laughs> biased. Whether you are a first-time TBU Comics podcast listener, a thirteen-year veteran, or anything in between, we'd love to hear what you think about this episode or any of the comics we discussed. Send emails to tbu at thebatmanuniverse.net. Join our Discord server linked at thebatmanuniverse.net. Send us a tweet at tbu underscore comics. Or, if you're a patron, leave us a comment on our Patreon page. We'd also love it if you left us a review on iTunes. We'd love to read your comments on the next episode of the Batman Universe Comics Podcast. Batman may claim he works alone, but we know that he needs the Bat Family. Join the TVU Bat Family and let us know what you think. All right, let's get to our second review, Detective Comics number 1045. Detective Comics number 1045. Story 1, Nakano's Nightmare, the finale, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Dan Mora. Batman is finally able to revive Manicano. As he helps him to his feet, Oracle is finally able to reestablish a connection with him. Batman relays information about the parasite infestation in the Gotham sewers. As more and more parasite larvae appear in the streets of Gotham, Oracle set members of the Bat family in motion to create a containment perimeter. As Batman and Nakano continue their trek through the sewers, they encounter, they encounter a large mass of parasite larvae, somehow mutated by the sludge of the sewer waters. Batman uses the same method used in Detective Comics 10, 1044 to dispose of the bugs, electrocuting them with 10,000 volts of electricity. As the bugs crumble to their demise, Nakano demands to know how Batman knows so much about the bugs. Batman tells the mayor of the events of his own experience with being infected by the parasite and reveals that Nakano's own assistant, Hugh Val, was behind the infestation. Nakano doesn't take the news lightly, now knowing that a member of his own staff was behind the terror plaguing the city. Nakano lashes out at Batman for not revealing this information with his office before. But Batman reminds the mayor of his stance against the mass vigilantes in Gotham and how this hatred blinded him to the terror that was living in his own office. As the two finally make their way out of the sewers, Batwoman warns Batman of a major problem at the intersection of 49th and 10th. Batman urges the mayor to head in the opposite direction and asks him to get the magistrate to form a perimeter to protect the citizens. Instead, Nakano heads in the same direction as Batman, and when he catches up to him, he finds him in the grips of a gigantic parasitic monster. Batman attempts to shock the monster, but he, dis- he drops the weapon. Nakano picks it up and uses it on the monster, but it doesn't have any effect. There's a voice from above. It's Nightwing at the helm of a magistrate aerial vehicle. 
He assists Nakanos by sending a larger bolt of lightning into the monster, freeing Batman. Batman grabs the mayor right as Nightwing sends another huge bolt into the monster, destroying it. Back at the clock tower, Bruce and Barbara debrief over the events. Babs reveals that the treatment Bruce received to treat his infection prevented him from being infected again. To her surprise, Batman asks her to share the information with Nakano's office. At Gotham City Hall, Mayor Nakano is receiving a report from an assistant on the recent events. The mayor reveals he has some info of his own that the office will need to look into as the office needs to focus on generating a new list of the monsters within the streets of Gotham. All right. Does the editor's note that says this happens between issues 112 and 113 of Batman make sense in terms of the Fear State story to you? Oh. I totally missed the issue number. What happens in Batman 113? Uh, I think Batman fights Peacekeeper 01. I'm fine with it happening either very early on, like pre... Well, it can't really happen pre-everything in Batman, but very early on because I feel like healing the relationship during that whole catastrophe or after it is not going to happen. And so having it kind of set up naturally like this was fine. And I also understand that Nakano can't, well, I mean, he could, but he's not just going to change his policy overnight. He should, but um, he's a politician. It's not going to happen. And so it kind of healing the relationship slowly makes sense. And so it's not fully fixed yet. Plus, the magistrate's so in full force, I don't see it really slowing down in time to stop the end of Batman happening. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm okay with it. It's not perfect, but I'm okay with it. It's not perfect, but it, it, it definitely helps set up a timeline of things. Because, you know, we, we've asked many times how we hear about this in 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 detective but there's no mention of it you know there's no mm-hmm. mention of the parasites in in batman or there's no mention of scarecrow in in detective you know so it it does help a little you know placing time on where things are i mean we not only get it there with the editor's note but we also get it when bruce is talking to nakano about his infection you know he says hey this happened three days ago. So we know that these events have been going on for a while. Whereas when things were going on early in JT's run, you know, those first, what, six, seven issues all happened within the course of one evening, you know, so it, 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 it's not perfect, but it definitely helps, you know, timeline wise and, and helps explain pretty much why some things may not be mentioned in one book or another. Yeah, I think it works pretty well. I guess my big question would be, do you think it was a good idea to reveal its place in the timeline in this final issue? Or do you think it would have been better if 
in the first issue of these tie-ins to Fear State, they said this takes place between Batman 112 and 113. Well, obviously, it would have been better early on because that kind of, I think, took me out of it and kind of spoiled it a little bit. However, if I had to use my psychic comic book powers, I would say the editors didn't even know and they kind of had to make something up at the last second because they knew people would ask questions. That's my opinion. Yeah, it it definitely would have been better at the beginning than at the end. But yeah, they probably saw a faux pas and and had to pretty much say, okay, how do we correct this? And this was how how they decided to do so. So you think it was a last minute choice? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm, interesting. I hadn't considered that. We're talking about DC here. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like Tamaki and Tynan have seemed to be pretty... I think they've tried to be pretty consistent in the way they approach things. Do you think Nakano's change of heart is real here, or do you think... Like, do you, what do you think about Nakano's change of heart here? I think that after all that and seeing Batman in action and seeing how hard he tries and gives terrible, terrible CPR, I guess he didn't see that because he was dead clinically. Anyway, I'm not salty about that. I didn't have to sit through a four-hour CPR course just to watch Batman do it badly, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it because if he hadn't changed his mind, he's just a one-dimensional cranky character. And he's not. He he loves Gotham. He did what he thought was best for Gotham. Yeah, maybe he was a little emotional about it. And he blamed the wrong people. But, you know, that's what trauma does to you. That's what we learned in Batman <laughs> and in therapy. Is, you know, when you get hurt, when you have when you have a pain... You try to find someone to blame. And he, unfortunately, had a very, very public platform on which to do that. (laughs) But I find that him coming to terms with what happened and being willing to change and start a communication line with Batman, I think is very healing and very good example of what admitting you might have been wrong without actually admitting you might have been wrong looks like. It was good. I I thought it was very natural. I didn't feel like it was forced. And I think it worked well with with the finale that wasn't about him. Like the Batman finale that wasn't about the relationship with Nakano. Because I felt Tech was the good place for it to to happen. So I think that stuff read my review. (gasps) I didn't read it. (laughs) And there goes my heart. (laughs) <laughs> I'll read it later. I don't like to spoil myself before the show. I'll allow it. <laughs> so, I will admit that I was somewhat surprised about the change of heart. Not in a bad way, but just surprised. Because as I conducted my reviews of Detective since Tamaki's run began, and we got this glimpse of the rookie mayor who hated everything mask because of the fact that his partner died uh, supposedly at the hands of Batman, which didn't really happen, but he had to put the blame on somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, as I looked over it af- after this issue 
ended. I can only credit Tamaki for how she, as Steph mentioned it, naturally progressed the mayor along the way. You know, and I'm thinking back to previous episodes where we discussed our thoughts of Nakano as he first took office and started making these decisions and we're like, he's an idiot, you know, (laughs) you know, who is this guy? You know, when is he going to get killed off? You know, and (laughs) you know, the, the, the political force is going to destroy him. And yet slowly, but surely Tamaki brought him along, dragged him along, perhaps kicking and screaming, but, you know, to get us to this point. And as I mentioned in my review, do not expect a Batman Commissioner Gordon type of relationship between mm. these two. They they still have a lot of disagreements that they will have to get over. And I'm pretty sure that that's not going to happen until after Batman Returns and Shadow of the Bat ends. But there's still going to be some growing pains between them. But I am happy that Nakano has realized the importance of Batman in Gotham and is more open, more open to it. But I completely credit Tamaki for presenting the story the way she did. It was her, her development of, of Nakano, not just Nakano, and I don't want to go too far off the beaten path from Ian's question, but the way she's developed all of these characters not named Batman since she's been on Detective has just been an absolute gem. And I continue to say that Detective is still the best bat book on the shelves right now because of because of the work that she's doing. I think that Nakano's change of heart does seem genuine because Tamaki takes it back to that original story she did for Tech 1027. And so that kind of addresses the root of this bitterness he has towards Batman. I would like to know what you think that his relationship with the Bat family will be like in Shadow of the Bat. Well, I think ending this issue with having not Batman, but Oracle be the one who's communicating, um, that kind of sets it up right there, is from the, the get-go of this kind of new relationship, it's it's the Bat family and Nakano. So I think that's going to transition very smoothly to whatever we're going to get in Shadow of the Bat. Yeah, I, again, we, as Steph mentioned, yeah, he, the, the, the and as I kind of mentioned in my first response, it, it, his, his relationship is going to be with the family first. And, and as far as 
finalizing and correcting any issues he had with Batman. That's all going to happen after Shadow of the Bat ends. So, yeah, we'll we'll get a lot of Nakano and the Bat family in the months to come. I, I think I agree with you guys that Nakano is going to be a much more positive figure for the Bat family going forward, but I think there's probably still going to be tension. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good for, you know, drama and character development and so forth. Um, but I, I definitely think that he's been kind of stuck in this wrong-headed view of Batman for too, for, well, not too long, but long enough. And I think this is good development for him. Now, I do hope, I do hope that between now and the start of Shadows in January, we get that connection with JT's book with the demise of the magistrate, because, you know, right now they're still around, you know, and they, they, they still have a, a place in Gotham in detective at least. So I'm, I'm hoping at some point between the annual and uh, this December issue of detective in 1046 that we get some type of reference or connection to the magistrate no longer being around. I think there's a good chance we'll see something like that in uh, first state Omega. Yeah, but that's not, in, that's not in Tamaki's run. I was just saying some type of reference point in her. Uh, I, see. Um, I want to know what happened to the bat cow. That's all I want. Tell me well, what happened I, to the bat cow. You know where I think you're going to find answers to that, right? No. In the Super Sun special by Tomasi. Oh. Maybe. Well, I mean, I don't think anyone else is going to do it. Tamaki um, had them in his car when he left. She needs to pick up the loose ends of what happened to the bat cow. He's at the bat farm. Like the bat farm or like the bat farm? Bat farm. Eating bat grass. (laughs) Out of the bat bucket. (laughs) Let's move on to our backup. Foundations, part two. Written by Stephanie Phillips. Art by David Lapham. As the backup begins, Batman subdues the madman who attempted to attack his co-workers in in Detective Comics 1044. After sedating him, Batman begins to investigate the construction site. As he walks through the site that sits on top of where Hugo Strange built his monument to himself, see pages of Harley Quinn for that. Let me know how it goes, I didn't see it. He steps on the booby trap that releases fear toxin into the air. Batman is caught by it and falls into a vision of his parents hanging out in Arkham Solemn with the Joker. Batman falls through the floor, landing on a scaffold. As Batman pulls himself up, he's approached by the elderly man from last issue. He again reiterates his warning about the Arkham name and stresses the need to destroy the new tower the city is trying to build. Batman follows the man to the top of the construction crane, where he finds that they are not alone. 
Harley Quinn has been waiting. They needed to decide the fate of the tower. What do you think about another nightmare dream sequence backup after the Clown Hunter one and Batman, and of course Tom King's infamous nightmares? <sighs> AKA Ian's favorite arc of Tom King's thing. That's not sarcasm. Okay, so I'll be honest. I didn't think of any of those things while I was reading this. I was just thinking, this is awful. This is terrible. <laughs> this is this is just awful. I, I almost just didn't read it at all when you start with the worker. Oh, gosh. So much blood coming out of his nose, and he has no teeth, and it's just a close-up of his mouth. And it's like, I didn't go to dental school on purpose. Like, I don't want to see this. But, you know, I sallied forth, and, so, and then his respirator. Oh, gosh, I just... I was just not happy with any of this. I didn't get it. I don't understand what this is setting up for. I don't care what it is setting up for. So if you have an answer, I don't care. I'm not going to read it. I don't understand why Arkham Tower is in the middle of the city when Arkham Asylum was out in the outskirts of town because that's where prisons should be because when people escape, they won't be in the middle of the city or if your tower collapses or burns up like the last one did, it's not in the middle of the city. <laughs> I hated this story. The end. The mound speaks for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, part one, I was, I was actually pretty impressed with from a story standpoint because of the constant references to Edgar Allan Poe. This one, not so much. This was pretty crappy for lack of better words um i seriously hope it 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 has nothing to do with what we get in shadows of the bat even though <laughs> even though it's supposed to be setting it up but this was i don't even i, I wouldn't even give this a, a meh um it wasn't it wasn't good and when you when you add terrible art it makes it worse i mean so obviously since i like nightmares a lot that's not necessarily an automatic fail for me but after now you all know i love brandon thomas as a writer i am not saying i i think brandon thomas is a bad writer but i did not like the clown hunter backup in Batman, largely because it was all a dream for three backup issues. This all being a dream just really annoys me. I'm I'm tired of dreams. Let's, Wait, was let's the whole this. thing a dream? All of this issue, I'm pretty sure was. No, I it, only no, thought the hallucination part was It was just, a, it was was just the part with with Tom, Martha, and Joker, but the rest was. Yeah. Well, all of Batman stuff was a dream, is what I meant. No, no, because no, the, the old guy, I think going up the tower, I think he's just some random crazy dude. I think Harley's might really be there. I honestly no, don't know. I, think, I don't I think, think Harley's really there. I think they're both really there. I think they're both really there. I don't ah. like that we don't know. <laughs> well, if this is a dream, I hate it because I'm tired of it. <laughs> if it's not a dream, it's written like it's a dream and I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, 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 and I don't like the art. No. Yeah, I think I think when he falls through the floor and he's outside now and, and it's raining, I think the rain basically, you know, and being in the open air 
mm-hmm. brings him out of the trance. I, That's what I, I got out of it. I, 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 yeah, I think both the guy and Harley are both there. And if they're not, and it's all a dream, well, damn you, DC, because you surely got me. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to find out next time. Do we what... have to? Can we just do like... we have to? <laughs> <laughs> we unfortunately do because we are the Batman Universe comic podcast and we got to you know, read it. Can we like just it is send... our mission statement. Can we just like send word to Ben Abernathy that, you know, hey, can you just like X this, just ax it, you know? We don't need any more <laughs> setup for for shadows coming from foundations. Just just act like it never happened and we'll forgive you. Um all right. So let's give Detective Comics one thousand forty five a rating out of five electric beams from above. Electric beams from above. Oh, right. I did have one question. So are we just supposed to accept that just Dick found a flying saucer and took control of it and lasered the bugs? Yes. I kind of wish they had tied this into what was going on in Nightwing a bit more because it would make a little bit of sense if, you know, when they took over the flying saucer at the end of this of the Nightwing issue, they were like, oh, yes, and we'll also zap those parasites. So At I first wish... I thought it was supposed to be tying in them taking control of the what's-it ship. But see, yeah, but I, realized... I did too, but then it's like, no, this is a no. drone. Yeah. But see, it, I mean, again, knowing knowing the timeline, we know that it can't. Exactly. It right. So... I feel like it would have made more sense if they would have. Or if there was some other, some other type of event in Nightwing and... Yeah. 82, 83, what have you, yeah. that touches upon it. Or anywhere. Yeah, that touches upon do a, it. Do a quick Urban Legends. <laughs> uh, replace the tick and tack story over whatever it was. Click and clack. Dim, dim and dumber. Whatever it was. Tweedle D. Tweedle Replace that story with Dick taking over the drone sphere. That would have been better. Uh, right, rating. <sighs> so I ignored... Oh, gosh. I ignored my overall bad feelings for the backup in the first one. And I'm going to do that this time. This is more for my psychological health that I'm doing that. I would say... You know, I loved Nakano's character development. I love the art. Dan Mora is so good. Even though there was bugs again, this time it was like a mass, giant, huge bug of bugs. So that was a little more pleasant to look at. Huh? I'm going to give this one a four as well. <laughs> hey, I'm wait, wait, the... wait. So you, 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 can't stand looking at the, you can't stand looking at the miniature parasites, but one glob. The big one's monster, fine. Big the big one. one's fine. He kind of looked like a giant... Crawdad monster, which is fine. I like crawdads. Sort of. Oh, don't make me look too hard. Okay, I'm looking a little too hard, and it's not. It's not the best. But I'm pretending it's a giant crawdad monster. And you yourself are making these choices, Steph. I am not doing anything. Yeah, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm living in my own world, and I'm giving it a four. Well, whatever world that is, um, invite the crawdad world. (laughs) (laughs) Invite me later. <laughs> when you get real crawdads and not um, that one. I have a pot. I have a crawdad pot at home. 
And why are they crawfish? Crawfish. Whatever. Okay, this is this is obviously, folks. This is a Louisiana, Texas thing. Don't don't <laughs> don't mind us. People in Louisiana know it's crawfish. <laughs> dem 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 Texans who like to steal stuff from Louisiana call them crawdads. We don't steal it. We make it better. <laughs> no, totally, totally do not. I could I I could see Texas doing like boiling crawfish in plain water and then oh. seasoning on top after they're done. I'll admit there are people that do that. That is it's a, that's, it's that's wrong. A, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sin. It's a cardinal it sin. A sin. Excommunication. <laughs> Just do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars. Just <laughs> anywho, so on the site <laughs> I gave it a three and a half. Um it would have been a four for me, but the backup again. The backup. Yeah, the backup just knocked it down this time a half a point. And yes, that means that I like tech more, but mainly because I expected more from the Batgirls story. And because mm. I didn't get it, it's penalized more. But yeah, so for me, three and a half. I'm giving it a three um, because God, Jesus. I thought it was a three point five overall, and then the backup was a half point off because I really did not like that backup. It was so. terrible. Terrible. It was terrible. Just say it. Ian. So that it was gives terrible. us a an average of three point five and no mode. Well, actually, there is a mode because Theo gave it a three and a half on the website, and I gave it a three and a half too. So the mode is three and a half, folks. You, you do not you cannot listen. count your vote. Y- twice. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. You can you, say you can, but yes, you, you can. You say we can do what we want on this podcast, and that's what I'm doing. Accept it. Thank you very much. That's, that's not how math works. That's that that that's Theo math. Call it today. <laughs> Theo math. Okay, I will accept that Theo math works that way. All right. Don't at me. All right. So um, that brings us to the end of our main reviews. Let's get to our Greater Gotham. First, we're going to cover our Fear State tie-ins, starting with Harley Quinn number nine. So in this one, we get Harley getting Poison Ivy's seed to the underground and she expresses her fears about what it means that she's going to unite this Ivy that she loves with an Ivy. She doesn't know if she's able to love her. And so, as I said, there's a lot of character development for Harley there. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down or neutral. Thumbs up. And I really liked the Kevin arc in this one. I feel like I like Kevin better than Harley in this book. Who's Kevin? The former Joker henchman. Oh, okay. Okay. Is this an abstain for you, Theo? <laughs> you really have to ask. <laughs> I just want to make sure I don't want to talk over you. This is also a thumbs up for me. Um, I, I do think this has been uh, surprisingly good. I thought that the last couple of issues were a little weaker, um, mm-hmm. but this one finally brought the Harley plot back into relevance to both Fear State and the story itself. So it was a thumbs up. And Rosmo's back, and I like Rosmo. Uh, the Gardener. Uh, this is the last Secret Files one shot by Tynan, and it is 
basically a backstory about Poison Ivy in college and the gardener and their love affair and sort of a tie-in. And it's basically that revealed that Gardner was the one who created the second Ivy by taking some of her, uh, I don't know, essence or something and making a seed and growing a new Ivy. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down, or neutral? You know, if this had been marketed as a Poison Ivy Fear State backup, or not backup, but, you know, one shot, I might give it a thumbs up. But... With the precedent of the Peacemaker and the, who was the other one that got one shot? And Miracle Molly. With their one shots delving so deep into their emotional motivations and their stories and their trauma and all this stuff. And Gardner, her, she's just honestly no better than, than Ivy. Yes, they're, in the end, their their philosophies are a little different. But it's just mostly stop hurting the planet, which we should. It's a good message, and you don't, so I'm going to kill you. It's a less good message. Uh, and they don't even try to justify it. <laughs> I just felt like between the precedent of the really good backups and the fact that this wasn't a gardener backup, or it's a backup special, this was an Ivy explanation story. I just I feel like it should get at least a neutral, but it's probably a thumbs down just because it just really didn't compare to the other two stories. It is definitely a leaning down neutral for me. Yeah, I agree completely with Steph's reasoning. This is a thumbs down, largely because I loved Miracle Molly and Peacekeeper so much. And this, I, Poison Ivy did not do nothing wrong. She did wrong things, and I'm tired of DC writers ignoring that. I really have appreciated how they've acknowledged that Harley did wrong things, and she has to earn her redemption. You cannot redeem a character by ignoring what they did, and that's what it feels like both Tom King and James Tynan are doing with Poison Ivy, and it's not morally acceptable. So, thumbs down. Uh, no equivocation whatsoever. Catwoman, number 37. The end of the Alleytown siege arc. Basically, Catwoman gets holed up in a warehouse and is attacked by the White Witch. And uh, in this one, Ghostmaker comes to the rescue, allowing her to escape and send the Poison Ivy Seed with Harley to underground. Thumbs up. I think this kind of just gave Ghostmaker something to do while he wasn't needed in Batman. <laughs> but I thought it was cute that he showed up. And if they're going to have, like, be all the... If, if, if it's going to be a Batman-less Bat family book, I think it makes sense to start the connections between the Bat families that haven't really had a connection yet. And Catwoman and Ghostmaker are definitely two people that haven't had a connection yet. So I did, like... I appreciated that forethought, if that is forethought. It might not be. It might just be whatever. It is not Fear State relevant. So on terms of, like, Fear State relevance, meh, it's whatever. But as, like, the Catwoman wrap-up of... Is this Rom V's last issue? No, he's got one more. It'll be an epilogue of sorts. Okay. Well, I thought this was a good enough sort of pre-epilogue as it was. So I, I thought he's doing a good job starting to move her out of Alleytown. It's definitely... What he's doing here is better than what the solicitation showed for the new writer, which is just, Selena's bored with Valleytown. And it's like, what? 
What? <laughs> She's bored with her orphan friends? <gasps> so this really was better than that. So, a thumbs up. It is a thumbs up for me as well. I've enjoyed pretty much the entirety of Ron V's run on, on Catwoman, and this one's no different. So, dos thumbs. Dos. Dos. Up. I also give it a thumbs up. I have struggled a little bit with these um, Fear State tie-ins because I feel like it's been hard to tell what their point is. And so much of the plot is constructed around trying to connect to Fear State, and it hasn't quite succeeded to me. But this one did make it work, and Catwoman's reflections on her time in Alleyhown at the end were really emotional to me. You have a beautiful uh, embrace with Batman in profile, gorgeous art. You have, um, you know, her look, thinking about her her friends she's found here, and. Um, what she set out to do. Uh, and it was beautifully written. Ramvi is a really good poetic writer. So thumbs up. Big thumbs up. I thought Hadley had survived. But then I realized that's no. just her other attractive male friend who also got hurt. <laughs> yeah, the guy who got tortured by Father Valley, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. There's so many characters. And I kind of need to go back and read this all like in trade type format. Because yeah. it's so densely plotted. And Ramvi doesn't really catch you up with what happened last time. So I think it'll read a lot better in terms of being able to remember everyone's name in that perspective. Um, and lastly, for Fear State Times, we've got a couple more. Nightwing, the art was not great again. Yeah, it was it better had its than last moments. issue. I feel like it did have its moments. I think there was definitely a lot of kind of love, I guess, maybe attention in in some of the like more family-ish scenes. Which was cool. It's a thumbs up, but again, this art is just rough. It's rough. Thumbs up, but only slightly, primarily because <laughs> of the art. It's it's not good. When 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 is when is what's his name coming back? When is uh I think next when, issue. Next issue, okay. Thank God. All right, so I want everyone to remember this because I don't think it's going to happen again. I really like this issue. I'm giving it a full <laughs> thumbs up. Um, and that's because I think Tom Taylor really wrote all the character interactions with Steph and Cass and Tim and Dick and Babs well. Um, it was well plotted, good action finale to um, the story. It's really well integrated into Fear State. It really tells that missing chapter of... How did Dick and all his friends get on the big flying saucer? It explains exactly that. There's a lot of good character interactions because it does, you know, has Babs and Dick searching frantically for Stefan Cass after the tower blows up and their reunion was really nice. And then there's all the teasing about the kiss. It was just what I would like from a good Nightwing run. Um, Steph, if, if, now we know why it's so damn cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> Because hell, was, hell, was, hell froze yes, over. <laughs> yes, All right. Don't expect this to last. I, I fully expect to be quite cross with Taylor in the future. Especially since uh, Nightwing's crossing over Superman. Oh, God. You had to mention that. <laughs> All right. That's our Fear State tie-ins. Um, and on the whole, I'd say we've been generally favorable about the Fear State tie-ins. Um, yeah. There have been some thumbs down, but mostly good. 
And I think um, the thumbs downs have mostly been for continuity and not quality. For the most part. I mean, I would say some of them have been for quality. All right. Let's move on to our regular and alternate universe titles. Uh, starting with Robin's number one. This is the first issue of the miniseries by Tim Seeley, art by Baldemar Rivas. Uh, and all five of the Robins get together, fighting some crime and reminiscing. It's a decent first issue. I I am I'm excited for the next one. This wasn't like, I don't know, groundbreaking, but it was enough that this was definitely Robins for beginners, I guess. Because they literally sit around the table and introduce themselves and their backstories, which was a little hokey. But I'm excited for what's coming. Same here. Thumbs up. I'm I'm excited to to figure out who this who this first Robin mm. is and what this first Robin is all about. So yeah, I'm 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 hooked for now. I'm on board for right now. Good job, Tim. She's Seeley. a crazy person. That's my answer. She is a crazy person. All right. So I am also giving a thumbs up. Um, I'd say the art's a little wobbly, but in general, it's very enjoyable. I really like Tim Seeley's writing. Um, Batman versus Big B number three, Fables crossover. I I think thumbs up. I I'm interested to see where it's going. I don't know if I can say I like love this issue. Stefan whoever this guy is, Ricardo. <laughs> These two Robins are just kind of wandering around as the fall city's falling into chaos instead of like, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Thumbs up, but skeptical. N- neutral. I, I kind of, it, it kind of fell off after the first issue or two. Yeah. And if, if, if I had to, if this had been the first issue, I probably wouldn't pick up any more. Uh, but I am going to pick up the next issue and hopefully things get back on track. So neutral. Thumbs up for me. I am very much enjoying it and seeing Steph sort of mentoring another Robin was fun for me. Who's surprised about that? <laughs> I don't think anyone is actually. <laughs> Task Force Z number two. Uh, we have a sort of surprise uh, appearance at the end of this one. Uh, uh, Deadshot. I- who was killed uh, in Nightwing, showed yeah. up as a zombie. Oh, yeah. God, Jesus. <laughs> no. Oh. I couldn't tell who it was at first. I didn't recognize the costume, which, I mean, obviously looking at it now, it's like, well, yeah, but he looked really weird in the coffin. He's a zombie. Well, he looked like a monkey or an ape or something. He's a monkey zombie. Oh, gosh. Yeah, just... I didn't actually go back and read issue one, but I read this one, and... It was, okay. <laughs> I I I agree. It's better than the backups, and I am not a high bar. I'll agree. It's not a high bar, uh, but I I I read it, and I'm I'm intrigued by Mister Bloom and his being helpful, but also stabbing people in the backness, and and Red Hood really struggling to keep this team coherent <laughs> and alive. Or still undead. Anyway, it's it's all over the place. But if you enjoy all over the place, then this might be the book for you. And zombies. Yeah. And apparently now, attractive zombies. Because if you take enough of the of the Lazarus juice, then you get pretty again. <laughs> oh, 
I'm staying. <sighs> I'm staying far away from this one. <laughs> you don't want to see zombie Arkham flirting with Jason? What? No. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. Really? I'm giving oh, this a thumbs up because I really am enjoying Jeez. just how bonkers it is. I mean, j- I don't think I actually br- rated it. Thumb- thumbs up, I guess. Just bring it back. Mr. Bloom is a is a no bueno for me. Well, you know, I like super heavy, so oh, you're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have ample evidence of that from this episode. That dude can't. Bane dead. Bloom's back. When did Bloom even die? He didn't die in Super Heavy. Did I don't think he? he died. He's probably just not alive. He's just a plant. See, the person. thing is, there was like multiple Blooms. I think one of them didn't, and one of them did. Uh, didn't something happen at the very, very beginning of Tom King's run where they're going through the months of the year? Yeah, there was something with Bloom in that, but I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm, um, I'm happy I don't. <laughs> okay, so last one, and I saved the best for last. Robin's number eight. Although I'm so Robin. glad that what I, no, was it, wait, no, Robin. Robin. Oh yeah, Robin. Sorry, I, I said it wrong. You did. Uh, I'm glad that the cover didn't happen because that was stupid. What was the cover again? The cover is Flatline running with Robin, I guess, on her shoulder, going, "Get out of here, Damon's going to die." It's like what? Teasing, teasing those two. Uh, well, whatever. You but know they're gonna get together. I don't care. No, Thumbs up and no, no girlfriends. No, he didn't. Wait, why are we against the girlfriends? No, I'm not he against can't. the girlfriend. No, he. If there's a girlfriend, his girlfriend needs to be named Maya. If it's not Maya, I no. He can't have since he can't have the three thousand year old uh, genie. It needs to be Maya. And what about maps, though? Come on. Okay, yeah, no. Uh, Matt, Maps, and Damien, no. No. Yes, no, yes. No, no. Jeez, no. She's too pure for him. <laughs> Maya, Maya is is the yang to his yang. Is that, am I allowed to say that? I should be allowed to say that. But <laughs> Why <no>. wouldn't you? <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> I'm just being sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is a thumbs up for me. First of all, did you give your rating stuff? I'm sorry. Uh, thumbs up. So far, so far up. Yeah, r- really up. Um, but no, this, this I I have been on board with Joshua Williams Williamson on this book, and he just continues to do a good job with it. Yeah, definitely a thumbs up. But if the only girl for Damien is Maya Ducard. If it's anybody else, I have a problem with that. Wait, she's a Ducard? Yes, she is. <gasps> yes, she is. You didn't know that? Did you not read Robinson? I, I, I actually have a lot of them, but I've never sat down and read them because I've. <laughs> oh my goodness, them. they're oh so god. good. You have to read oh them. Oh my god, you have. And, and, and you only need to get through Gleason's part. Don't. Yeah, the first six is it. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to go any further. Just read the ones Gleason wrote and you'll be. Happy go lucky. So yeah, thumbs up. Way up. Uh, I will also give this a thumbs up. Williamson is keeping the energy really high, and the characters are really fun. And Gleb Melnikov is a really good artist. So, oh yeah, so good. Steph, you huh? have to read it. You have to. Oh okay. good, I was just reading with you. Right. Okay. You have to. Read so that there. brings us to our listener support. Thank you so much for all you do, uh, buying things through our affiliate links and supporting us through Patreon. 
Anyone who supports us at a certain dollar level does get their names read, and that is what we're going to do now. So thank you to Donald Townsend, Lisa Slack, Gerald Green, Ian Miller, Stanton's Grave, Captain America, Austin Davis, Brendan Roberts, Tim Garassi, Donovan Morgan Grant, Stephanie Mounts, Joshua Lappin-Bertoni, Ed Grouse, Hannah Gar, Mary Garrett, Johnny McCloskey, Cesar Diaz, Rob O, Hank Bennett, and Robert Lewis. Thank you so much. I see some new names in there. Really appreciate you guys joining us. I hope that you're enjoying the the podcast because we really enjoy recording it for you. And we really appreciate that you keep those um, back episodes in our servers, which is what your support primarily goes towards, is supporting all our back content, uploading and hosting for people to download. So really appreciate that from all of you. Uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. It's been a really fun fear state. I uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. This has been Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And have a great weekend. Um, Wait. Nightwing number 86. What? Oh, sorry. That wasn't me. I thought that was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> is your cat attacking you? <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> I was like, did I do something wrong? <laughs> so the cat. <laughs>